I um, have stumbled upon the topic, and uh, I want to just, I, by pure chance, I was uh, reminded that uh, I often speak about art, and I really have enjoyed it most of my life, um, just because I was keenly interested, and um, I took different things which I noticed and did the research, which is what I usually do. I go out, I will find out an artist I like or something I like, and then go find what it is about, find the books. Uh, nowadays, YouTube is a quick shortcut. It still shouldn't stop me from the books. It never does. <laughs> and, uh, and then I keep learning. And uh, then I form opinions, which I challenge. And I, in this very case, I've, uh, it was the topic was art and uh, drawings, paintings, sculptures, design for the view of art and so forth. And how it forms or is formed, it's very, uh, you know, it uh, goes both ways. Um, by the person watching it, the people watching it, the time around it. And um, it's always been a highly emotional attachment to art, in my case anyway. I mean, I, I um, there are artist names which I remember seeing smaller as a young, younger person, whom I always thought, wow, this is amazing, but I didn't think that much more of it. And then I was exposed to it because as a child, my parents probably had copies of it, or I would see it somewhere on a calendar or something like that. And then one day you see the original, if you're lucky, and the whole world suddenly takes on a new meaning. And I think that's the incredible universality of art. Because in that experience, uh, there's no barriers as to language. And today, as the world progresses and becomes more and more homogeneous, and one world under COVID, if you want to call it that way. We used to say one world is under consumerism, but we're a lot more closer thanks to COVID than we were thanks to anything else. We fully understand that everything affects everything, that we try and we still have to take care of ourselves and the closest ones if we want to, quote unquote, survive and then thrive. So the topic of art came up and I stumbled into an artist that I, I recognized uh, for their work and their outstanding generosity as a person. And, um, you know, one of the things, a lot of people don't go to galleries because they feel, well, you know, it's, I uh, feel like an imposter. It's not necessarily always very welcoming. Uh, if you don't know about art, you, they may make you feel a bit that, you know, hmm, this belongs to a different group of people. Unfortunately, you're better off just going in, survive the three, four ignorant people who are actually sawing themselves off their own branch by doing such behavior until you find someone who would be more welcoming and just keep going because it's your own life and your own experience that you are cultivating and it's well worth pursuing. Um, wherever you are in the world, I'm sure you can find one thing or two to start with and do go ahead. Now, the one reason I'm mentioning it here in this po podcast, which is mainly about the oceans and climate, but the oceans bases it all, is the following one. The reason is, as I was speaking on different exchanges and panels and uh, conferences and um, listening in more than speaking, um, one of the internationalization of everything is people get to speak or hear in a second language to their own. That means that if they are Hispanophones, uh, members of the European Union, they do speak English as a second language, and they speak it in many cases very, very well. But culturally, it's not their first language. Subsequently, flavors get lost. 
And when it comes to then organizing information that they share, if it's very factual, there is a, a need to translate in a factual manner. However, when it comes to sharing messages for growing concern of the planet and so forth, that gets a little more tricky. And not everyone is heard the same way due to the fact of the communication barriers. However small, they're there. Sometimes they're greater. But with the effort, one of the languages that has been chosen and is chosen more and more, as I came to find when speaking to a group called the Ocean Literacy Group, uh, art is used. Art is used to convey and express the universality of some of the topics, referring to, for example, climate emergency. I remember there was a cartoon during the fires of Australia, uh, not that long ago, where uh, a mother kangaroo is handing off her baby kangaroo because the, all the fire, all the bush, all the forests are burning down. And she's handing it off to a white polar bear that's standing on a shrinking iceberg. Now that, you don't need to speak French or English or Japanese or any other language. The image is fully evocative and dramatic. I, I thought it was just a, a revolution in mind and I just went, my stomach turned. Very, very frightening. So I wrote a quick piece and I, I had discovered an artist called Veronica Podlosova, not to worry. I will spell it out, but the, to remind us of the universality of art as the one message that can be conveyed around the world and that is shared, and also the work of the artist as being something very generous, something where they go, take their own time, and give to the world. And I think that's uh, something we, we forget when we see art. It's someone gave it. However much they got paid, they are giving of themselves. And here goes the article, which you can find in, on, um, in Medium. It's called The Universality of Art, The Generosity of Art as the Original Art of Generosity. Recently, in the heart of all matters relating to ocean and climate matters, art has again been chosen to communicate and raise awareness. Artists have been inspired and inspiring. Their work most often goes unnoticed. Yet, some, if it is eternal, the works we think to recognize or admire get put on a pedestal and define their own genre as a sort of reference mark for the future. Art is often associated with an element of exclusiveness and preciousness. The actual fact is that it holds an element of dedication, work, and craftsmanship. Whether we think of paintings or statues or objects, the term art redefines them as more than the materials that constitute them. In fact, the element that gives it the term of art most often is an element of je ne sais quoi, an element that is not restricted to words. Whether it creates a feeling or an emotion, the effect is part of what defines it. Artists are workers. They produce and share their vision of the world, sometimes in a more dedicated way, sometimes as a flavor within their overall lives. We think of an author like Franz Kafka today as the great writer, yet he had no intention whatsoever to publish his work in his day. That was because a friend of his put it out there. Somebody called Brod, Max Brod. Um, Rembrandt, Goya, Schiele, or Giacometti offered their expression in different ways. What we see today is what people kept. 
Uh, the actual example of that is if you look at a lot of the sketches that these different artists made, few of them are as known today, and yet that work is absolutely outstanding. Yet, what is remembered is a handful of pieces. Same in music. Frédéric Chopin destroyed anything he did not wish to be remembered by. Chopin was a lot more prolific than the limited amount of works that are being published and performed year in and year out. Uh, starting with the two piano concertos, of which people usually know piano concerto number one, and it's a nice piece of music, and it's a very, you know, it has this element, but the, the works that are out there of Chopin are absolutely astounding. And um, well, I can go on about it, but uh, I will let you enjoy Chopin on your own time and terms. While some artists' names find a quick spot in time, others are a part of movements until they find their spot, like Salomon von Roysdale or Jacob von Roysdale. And you may not recognize those names, but as soon as you start Googling them, you'll find that there's been auctions and those prices suddenly have skyrocketed. And yet, for years and years, nobody knew anything about them. They were just part of the Flemish Dutch movement. That generosity, which I initially refer to, is an act of an individual blindly looking to pursue their calling. While, while one may amuse oneself when talking about the art of generosity, as many books look to organize and offer methods to live up to, as in living up to a code of sorts, often different, actually, according to the trends, the generosity of art stands on a firmer ground, a ground where roots are cultivated and then inspired. Overall, the art of generosity stems from the generosity of art. In today's world, art has also regained a place not just as admiration, but as essential. It has once again taken the role of being of appeal by its universality. More to the point, uh, let's get practical here. The COP26 has chosen to illustrate the current climate situations with ice recovered from Antarctica. Artists have also been chosen to join environmental ships rescuing the oceans, working out of rescued fishing nets or rescued waste of all sorts. And with this waste, they recraft something that they artistically do. I was going to say design or create, but I'm going to say do. International organizations often refer to photos to illustrate their causes or missions. And... Um, I am specifically referring to uh, the um, Refugees Commission, which chose a child and was the photog photography of the year. And they chose a child with very light eyes. And uh, it was uh, very, very straight in your face as a campaign. And it was very effective. Recently, an organization came to realize that their language barriers when going international could be bridged by using the universal language of art to communicate. That was the... Uh, uh, ocean literacy comment I was making earlier. So, of all these artists, artists currently out there, a name comes to mind. Someone whose work illustrates very much the current trends and approach to art in its most generous manner. I'm referring to Veronica Podlasova, who got herself to Antarctica, and after a series of cleanups, actually came up with a collection of works, all inspired by the magic of the experience. I could go on to define and describe her work. However, it would be reductive, and you are far better off treating yourself and indulging into the discovery of her work on her website and social media, which you can find the handle is GIB artist, one word, and that's on Instagram. Um, and that's a good place to start. I, um, I stumbled into her work um, as 
great things in life happen and that they do start with a stumble. Uh, she was uh, in a place where she was herself cooking because she's also a vegan cook and a very good one at that. And it's someone who is very creative overall and expresses herself all through, through also through her cooking and um, is very much in line with uh, what I see as her uh, quote unquote community, sort of, you know, rock climber, vegan cook, and also an artist. And um, this one artist, Veronica Pilosova, he is actually take she took herself to go to different parts of the world and found artistic ways to express her understanding of different situations as she was inspired in all these different places. I think that's the best way to describe it because otherwise I'm going to reduce it to some techniques per case. And that's something that she can choose to do or you can choose to read on her website. Or if you happen to be somewhere where she is exposing, let's have that conversation. I welcome you to visit her website and um, the world will just be greater for you than for the world. Till the next recording, thank you very much for listening.